1: Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Jody Fetterhoff. Jody is a head coach at Duquesne University. Jody, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining myself and Coach K today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: All right, well, you're the head women's bowling coach at Duquesne University. So you you started the program there. You were their first bowling coach. So I want to begin with that. And, and what's it like? And what are some of the first things you do when, you, when you're when you building a bowling program back in this was, you know, four years ago, going on four years now?
2: Yeah, um, obviously, the first thing is just getting acclimated to the university. Um, you know, learning what the big majors are and you know what it takes to get into Duquesne because Duquesne is very challenging ac- academically. Um, so obviously, that kind of limits the recruits that you're looking at. Um, but and then the next step is, you know, I just got out there, made sure I passed my recruiting tests, um, and and just started recruiting and just really. Looking, um, you know, for bowlers and that, that first year, um, it was really important to look at the future of the program and not necessarily just the first year um, because you have a set scholarship budget and you have to, you know, kind of portion it out each year. Um, so that first year I was really recruiting for the first two years and kind of the first three, um, and you kind of figure out which athletes you want to bring in um, and who's interested and try to make sure you have the money to be able to get them. Um, and the first year I think we had six girls and then we built it to nine. And now last year we were at 11 and now we're at 10. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely very challenging. Um, but it was something that um, I was kind of willing to do and excited to do. Um, you know, to get that opportunity was just something that was, just too good to pass up so
0: when i've heard recruiting as far as you know either whether it's rules or details or you know just to to know what you can or can't do can be pretty i mean there's a lot of lot of stuff to know there what's uh yeah from from what i've heard i haven't done it myself but (laughs) for just just kind of from what I've heard if you can't just go in and just do whatever you want to do or feel to do what what did uh, as far as when you're looking at recruits what were you looking for I know that it's not just athletics but you know academics is important to your university and your program too
2: yeah I mean uh for for me um you know it's, it's a lot of things talent is is not everything Um, obviously everyone is talented at, you know, the NCAA division one, division two, division three levels. And, you know, obviously on the USBC side, NEI clubs. Um, so there's college bowling is, is way bigger than when I bowled in it. Um, so you kind of look for everything. Um, but I think like the biggest thing that I look for is being a good teammate. Um, you know, with bowling, only five can bowl at one time and the other three girls, are standing right there with you and it's just crucial that you know everybody's going to flag a single pin and it's it's what what's my face going to look like when you do it what's your teammates faces going to look like that aren't bowling when you do it and just letting you know you want kids that it's okay to miss it and then not point fingers at the kids that are missing it you know so it's it's just really hard to find you know the right kids that, you know, don't want to point the fingers and that support each other, you know, because they're they're right there and you know you don't not everyone travels, um. So it's just really finding those kids that are okay setting their egos aside and, you know, because everybody wants to bowl, everybody wants to bowl anchor, and just finding those those right kids that are willing to do what's best for the team at that time. So that's that's kind of what I'm really looking for.
1: So regarding recruiting. Is there a one thing that's a rule that you guys can't do that sticks out as just something that would be, I don't want to say uh, crazy, but something that a listener or, or someone to the audience might not know or be aware of, Such you know, for you know anything like that that you're like, wow, so you can't even go in hypothetically, you can't even go in and, and let's say a kid's practicing, you can't even ask them if they thought about bowling in college or something. Is there anything like that 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 yeah. is just really strict that you wouldn't think should be so strict or wouldn't think about being so strict, I guess?
2: Um, I think the hardest thing um, with with bowling is that there's different rules for different for all the different divisions. We're not like governed under one body. Um, you know, you have Division One has their separate set of rules. Division Two is a little more closely aligned, and then Division Three is a lot more relaxed than one and two. Um, and then club teams can do whatever they want, basically. Um, and then NEI is aligning itself with a little bit more of um, the NCAA rules or adopting similar things because they just um, are officially a varsity NEI sport this, this coming season. Um, but, yeah, it's hard for us because um, the rules have gotten a little bit more relaxed. Like, they just passed a rule this this last April um, that went into effect immediately that Division One coaches could speak to the athletes after they were done competition which before um, almost all the college coaches are out of junior goal just because it's this huge event now. And um, we couldn't speak to them until after they were eliminated, the original rule. So, I mean, us coaches are out there almost two weeks. And, you know, when kids are eliminated and you don't know the cut score, so if kids are on a bubble, you can't talk to them. So you can only talk to kids that you know definitely didn't make it and they probably don't want to talk to you then. Um, so this this rule allowed us to talk to them after each day now, um, on the division one side. But I think division two, they can't. They can only talk to parents. Um, so it's really hard for recruits because it's a lot of rules to understand and like we can't go up and talk to them while they're bowling and sometimes they don't know the rule and they think we're being rude or they come up and say hi and we have to like we, we can say hi back, but we have to immediately say, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you until after you're done bowling um so it definitely like it, it it's getting more more education's getting out there for the recruits but that was definitely something coming from the D3 side to going to the D1 side that it was definitely very awkward cuz you go to tournaments and the parents are right there and you're standing beside them but you can't talk to them so that's that's definitely something that's challenging
0: yeah that's got to be and uh, you know a former player yourself <laughs> I mean, knowing what it's like yeah. to be, you know, be down there competing and then wanting to kind of bounce some ideas or even just some casual conversation, you know?
2: Yeah. And, then, uh, <laughs> and
0: not being all. That,
2: that brings me to another part. Like, um, we couldn't coach our incoming freshmen. And one of my um, in, incoming girls, Krista Elliott, was very close to making Junior Team USA, and I couldn't help her. And so I just had to sit there and, like, her mom could help her and, you know, her coaches back home could help her. But I had to like, I mean, I definitely wanted to tell her like, you're not throwing the wrong ball or you need to move, but I I couldn't say anything. And that was probably the hardest part just watching her, you know, Mm. and and knowing, you know, what I know and, and what we see as college coaches, just like one little thing, you know, maybe that could have, you know, helped her get on the team, but you, you just can't say anything. So you just have to tell her, you know, Hey, next year, you know, work hard, we'll have the whole year and, you know, Team USA trials, you'll get another chance, so.
0: And that kind of leads me to the next one, which is, you know, being a player yourself, now you've seen it on both sides. You know, do you feel it's tougher when you're going into these big environments uh, to compete as a player, or is it tougher and more challenging as a coach?
2: Oh, it's it's definitely harder as a coach now. Um, it's, you know, as a player, you, you have a little more control because you see, you know, what the lanes are, you can see and feel what the lands are giving you and what the oil pattern, you can just see it so much better. Um, with a coach, you have to, you know, each, each player is different and what you say to one player, you know, may not work for another player. So you have to know their game so well and what to say to them in that moment and, and the appropriate way to say it to them. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just a lot more nerve wracking, um, as a coach just because you don't have as much control as you do as a player um but yeah i definitely get way more nervous when i'm coaching than than as a player because it's it's not about me i'm trying to help them and you know i want them to be successful and a lot of that relies on you know what i tell them if you tell them the wrong ball you know you're like oh that that's not the right ball and you gotta go get a different ball or different line and all those different things and i think it's just a little more easier to figure out as a player. Um, but yeah, college bowling is a lot different than, than when I bowled. It's so many more good teams and programs that, that are out there.
1: Coach, at your previous uh, position with Adrian College, you coached the men and women's team. What is uh, what are the differences mm-hmm. when you coach men versus women, and how do you how do you how have you been able to to adapt to that, and um, just focus on you know what you what you're when you're communicating with a a, a lady out there, one of your lady athletes, as opposed to how you, you chat with and communicate with guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's obviously a different situation um, because the the men's program they were all freshmen coming in. So that actually helped me build the women's program at Duquesne, just because the classes were the same. Um, So when you have younger athletes that have never been in college bowling, they're very similar. Um, So there wasn't a difference gender-wise in speaking to them. Um, The one thing I did notice with the guys, um, you have to bowl for them. I think they have to see you bowl. And you kind of have to earn the respect that way. Um, Whereas the women just kind of listen. And I think that's just from guy, girl, you know, kind of thing. But once, you know, my guys saw me bowl, they were like, okay. Um, And and they were very receptive and they would listen. Um, There's just different characteristics with them. Um, But it was was just a little different because they were younger. Um, I did coach older guys down at Union and I primarily coached the men the whole year. Um, just because they were a little higher level than the women that we had at that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's some differences, but at the end of the day, it's bowling, and good bowlers are going to listen to other good bowlers. So it, it wasn't too difficult dealing with the differences. Um, the one thing that I found that the women's side very rarely sees in the college level is lefties, guy lefties, and how the line gets messed up because when the guys were lofting you know, over the gutter cap the the lefties it's just that was a totally different ball game for me that I had to learn what what to tell my guys because the when yeah. it never gets like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, the way they break down we just got done competing at the Lucy uh the the mm-hmm. striking against breast cancer doubles in Houston and I tell you there was uh if you looked at the top 8 I mean there were so many of the the top teams I mean they were they were throwing it hard with a lot of revs and a lot of launch angle, you know, sliding in that 40, you know, 47 to 50 range and uh, getting the ball out to like, you know, six, seven, eight down lane with just, and and again, I could imagine that would be, you know, on the left side. And, and that's kind of what we saw down yeah. there too. It was, you know, when you have those kind of lines going down the lane, it makes it definitely more challenging on the left side.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, that was something that, that was, that was a whole new ball game for me. And I had to reach out to, you know other guy lefties because like I said the women tend to play similar areas I mean you obviously have outliers um, and women don't use urethane like guys guys use urethane um, that was kind of the biggest thing that I was a little surprised to see out of junior gold was there was a lot more girls throwing urethane at junior gold than we see at the collegiate level um, and I think I think they see they use it a little bit more on the USBC side but just because we on the NCAA side our patterns don't get we we don't bowl in short typically so we don't really throw a mm-hmm. lot of urethane um mm-hmm. so that was kind of a big difference um, that that I definitely see between the guys and the girls gains differences
1: yeah so how do you prepare them for when they go to a circumstance like that or a different environment where they do run into or, or even with, say they're bowling with men in a, in a in a in a men's tournament or something how have you been working with them so they're able to combat that urethane cuz it creates a different we see a different motion out of our equipment out of our balls when we're when we're bowling with urethane whether even if we have it or if uh, someone we're competing with is using it
2: Yeah, I mean, um it it definitely adds a different element to it. Um we actually we we never cross with with the men. Um just because we mostly compete in the NCAA side. And then when we do sectionals, nationals, are separated. Um, But we did run into it. Um, Our conference decided to change this year. So we bowl in short, medium, and long, because we bowl bowl three different rounds in in all three formats against each team. Um, And then you do win-loss, and that's how they do the standings. And so we had to bowl in short, and that was the first time we bowled in short since I was at Duquesne. Um, so <laughs> my girls were we we really didn't bowl on it, but obviously you practice on it, you play the gutter and um we actually prepared cause the, the bowling alley that we were going in we had been before and it was a higher friction house. But they actually there's two sides of the house and so we thought we were bowling on the one side. We ended up bowling the other side so we had a little bit more hold. Um, but the one team was only one team is using it and it it didn't really work out. Um one of my girls was able to use urethane, um, and it worked for her. But it if you don't have the hand, it, it's really hard. Um, mm-hmm. So its it just gets a little messy. And, and we had one girl that could kind of pointed off the corner with urethane, and, and it worked. And then we ended up moving, and the other teens weren't using urethane. And she started, and the look was not there. So we immediately... Made the, made the adjustment and went back to reactive and and just played what we saw. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely have to, on the NCAA side, there's different opponents and you're, you're playing a match. And so there's matches within the whole tournament. And you definitely have to play against your opponent um, that, you know, the scores could be low. And you really kind of have to pay attention to scoring pace and play the lanes how they need to play. And sometimes, you know, you just need to get the ball in the pocket, get good count and make your spare, you know, when it's a mm-hmm. grind like that.
0: Hey coach, last question I have for you uh, is mm-hmm. what do you recommend? We have a lot of younger listeners on this, uh, this podcast. What do you recommend when mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to figure out exactly what the right school is for them? What should they be looking for? And uh, you know, if, if they're trying to figure out what matches up with either academics or school or part of the country, what, what do you, what do you recommend?
2: Um, obviously, um, my background's in education, so I'm, I'm always going to tell them, you got to go, which school fits academically best for you. Um, and, and think, you know, yes, the women's tour is back and it's doing great and it's awesome. But the reality is all those women have real jobs and they have careers and, you know, in four years, bowling for a lot of them is going to be over and they really have to make sure that they're going to school, that they're getting a degree that they're going to enjoy what they're doing and, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, have a successful life. Um, And then the other component is that is they have to go visit, you know, the school, meet with the coaches, meet with the team. And then I would also recommend that they go watch the teams compete because when teams are competing, you're going to see, you know, the good, bad, the ugly, you know, how does the coach react and, you know, the coaching style with their players and what, you know, what they're doing in the lanes, because it, it's all about fit, you know, and mm. we've, we've had recruits come in and it hasn't been a good fit and they go somewhere else and, and it's great, you know, and you kind of know right away when you bring a recruit in how they mesh with the team. So, I mean, it's it's really important that they go out there and they visit and they, they talk with these coaches and they talk with the teams and just really get to know the girls on the team and, you know, for me, I'm, I'm open and honest because the last thing I want is to, you know, put something out there and then they're like, this is not what I signed up for, you know. So, I mean, I always ask them, you know, ask me any question. Um, I'm an open book and ask the girls and, you know, they'll, they'll tell you how we are. And, you know, like I said, it's there's so many great programs out there and these kids just have to find which one is like the right one for them.
1: All right, well, head bowling coach at Duquesne University, Jody Federhoff. I want to thank you for being here on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. All the best of luck for your team moving forward this year, and we will catch up with you down the road.
2: Awesome. Thank you for having me on.